for those that don't know me, I am Jeff Allen, and please bear with me as I stumbled through I'm sharing this. As I stated earlier, I am have very strong tendencies towards introvertedness, so um, <laughs> very strong tendencies. So if you would, please turn with me to Psalms 1, and that's where we're going to um, be going today. So we all have multiple people the media, commercials, etc., telling us how we should live our lives, what we should do and what we should get out of it. Some guarantee an instant return, instant gratification. Some have more popular social backing. Some have extremely high social media backing. Some use God's word to even justify some of their advice. So who should we turn to for this advice? When Lauren and I were dating, I received advice Lauren, my wife, <laughs> um, we've received many advice from many people. Um, some of those people, my family, her family, friends, co-workers, employees, customers at the store where I worked, and many, many more. As anybody that's gone through that, you know that you get advice from everybody. And Micah, I know you got a lot of advice recently when you had the birth of your kid, so... Everybody has advice to give you, but where do you turn to? So for me, some, of the, some people were telling me that I was too young. Don't do anything serious. You're too young for anything serious. Some in my family told me, yeah, you can date her, but don't marry her. <laughs> that, came from, yeah. <laughs> that came from both family and friends that were telling me, no, don't marry her. So... Even at the church as we were setting up for the wedding, there were people telling me, it's not too late, you can leave. <laughs> Sounds like good advice, right? <laughs> um, so some of that was my parents came from failed marriages. They have both had multiple marriages throughout their life, and they've had multiple heartaches. So some of their advice was trying to prevent me from making the same mistakes they had made, moving into a relationship too early and not feeling that same heartache. Um, they were thinking that somehow they were going to prevent this by telling me that, yeah, just date, but don't, don't get married yet. Um, although I, I do want to believe that it was with good intentions, all of their advice seemed to benefit them or to work towards what they were after for my life or for their life and not for Lauren or my, myself. Um, I didn't have an, a great example of what a marriage was supposed to look like. I didn't have a great example of a godly marriage. So whenever I'm getting all this advice, I'm not sure what, what I'm supposed to do with it. But it wasn't until we went and met with the pastor who was going to marry us for our premarital counseling. This person didn't know me personally, but they did know Lauren most of her life. This person was a pastor in a small town in Texas where Lauren's grandparents went to church. Um, he didn't come out and demand or command us to do anything. He shared valued advice on marriage. His name was Chester, and he provided the premarital counseling leading up to him performing the ceremony. After we got married, I still didn't have any idea where to turn to for counseling for everyday life. I mean, marriage, we were married. I knew kind of what he had told us, but I had nowhere else to turn. So that brings me to my first point. Who should we seek counseling from? So if we turn to um, Psalms 1-1, blessed is the man 
who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But, in, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So when we hear this verse, many of us picture somebody in our life that's given us that terrible advice. They've given us the bad advice. They think they're doing the right thing or they're trying to benefit themselves. Either way, it's bad advice. We even picture ourselves sometimes. We're the ones that gave that bad advice. We stepped out and gave it to them. This verse gives an understanding that we are to sit in council, as you can see. It comes right out and says that we are to sit in council. Who walks not in the council of the wicked? So we're supposed to sit in council, but not in the council of the wicked. Um, but it gives us a list of people and groups that we're not supposed to fellowship with. Some of us, um, some of us can even picture ourselves being that person. Um, so we should seek counsel. So should we seek counsel from our parents, siblings, or coworkers? Should we turn to the political leaders or the media, advertisements? I'm going to use a quote from one of my coworkers here. As with any great engineering question, maybe. <laughs> we have to make a choice in each decision to follow the will of God or to follow the way of the world. One common situation I see in others and myself is the tendency to search for validation in what I want or what I, bl I believe. This means turning to others that I know will agree with me. Not people who are going to challenge what I think. They're going to turn, they're going to agree, not challenge me. At times the issue is looking towards earthly things and should be redirected. For me, this is most common at work. When I began look, um, looking to start a new initiative, I look for others that have the same beliefs and will help with the success of the new projects. In my past roles, or my past job, um, my role was to look over electrical plans and make sure that they were correct. The plans had to be correct because they were the safety of train operations. So I was very meticulous and wrote up everything that was wrong with it. I, I mean, I followed the process completely no matter what. But there was one assistant director that was difficult to work with. There was a bunch of stuff that the assistant director could sign off on and say, no, we're not going to fix that because it's not safety critical. It's just old standards versus new standards, but it's not an issue. But every single time we went through the process, we had to follow the process, write it up. He would fight us, and then we were trying to get him to sign off on it. So I decided I had enough. I went around and I started talking to the people that I worked with, my peers, the other people doing the same job. And I got a bunch of really strong um, beliefs in, yes, we should do something about this. So I decided I was going to send an email, a nicely worded email, <laughs> that was going to demand he answer these questions that we could use on all of his projects from here on. So I got a next project. And as you can guess, I went through and the same issues came up. And I typed up my nice email and I sent it out. And it, it didn't go so well. <laughs> um, he turned around. He got really upset that I would send that. Um, and that wasn't my role. It was his role, and I shouldn't be the one doing it. Um, my boss got upset. 
I got called in. I was sitting there. I even got my boss to be on my side. He still took my side on that and everything else. His boss didn't, but my boss did. So the big thing is, is um, the situation escalated. Um, Normally, whenever I type up something that I'm afraid is going to escalate the situation or bring conflict, before I send it, I call Lauren and I read it over with her. (laughs) She's my sounding board. I write things in an engineering mindset. She tells me where I'm wrong. (laughs) So um, I did not do that with this one. I sent it off. I didn't search God's word. I was going to get an answer. I was going to get to the bottom of this, and we were going to fix it, make my life easier, make everybody's job easier. It didn't work that way. (laughs) Um, I was seeking an easier way. I didn't seek God's will on it. I didn't look through God's word to see how I was supposed to handle it. Um, I I did look for people that agreed with me. I went out, and I found the counsel that agreed with me. Um. But none of them were in there in the meetings with my boss. <laughs> they all stayed in their offices and stayed away. But you see, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen states, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This shows the importance of whom we seek counsel and who is sharpening us. I was seeking counsel from my peers in this situation and had the, that had the same problems. They had the same frustrations I did, and they came up with the same solution I did, except for me to do it. <laughs> so are we being sharpened to follow God's word or towards things of this world? Are we seeking someone who agree or will speak the truth even when it may be difficult? The people we should be in fellowship with or seek counsel from are those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate day and night on his word. These are not perfect people that never make mistakes or only give good advice, but are those that seek the Lord's will. These are people here in the church family. We have the church pastors. These men are called by God to lead the church in a way that is glorifying to God. We have the elders and the deacons. Each Sunday school class has an elder and a deacon assigned to that class. Feel free to reach out to any one of these men whether they're assigned to your class or not, reach out to them if you need help or need counsel at any time. We have Sunday school teachers, school min- our children's ministry leaders, the worship team, security, and the administrators. But we also have people who may or may not have a formal role in the church. These people have been called to lead in other areas outside of church. People that are leaders in business, medicine, law enforcement, teachers, customer service, even engineering professionals that seek the Lord's will. The church discipleship groups are made up of these people. Not perfect, but these are people with or without formal church roles. People who through discernment will speak the truth to steer you away from taking a seat with the scoffers. We also see in verse 1, a progression from standing to walking to sitting. When we seek counsel that is not driven by God's word, advice that does not have discernment, the progression grows. This is when we seek self-justification in our own views or opinions and when we begin the same progression. 
We talk with others that agree. We then move to walking through life with them. We seek others that have the same view as us to live life with. We then take our seat with the scoffers. This isn't something that just happens. All of a sudden, one day, you're in the word with God and fellowshiping with everybody, and then the next day you turned. This is a progression plan that happens over time. It could start real easily by searching or start by searching ourselves. We could seek counsel in ourselves for our righteous views. And I say righteous with quotes, righteous views. Things that we counsel ourselves on without discernment. So that brings me to meditating and not just reading on God's word is what gives us the discernment that is needed to follow God's will in our lives. So early on in my Christian walk, when I realized the relationship with God I was missing in my slow pace towards Christ, I read the Bible from front to back. I mean, started in Genesis, went all the way to Revelation. Multiple times I felt God's calling and even saw areas of my life where God moved without any notice in the past. I didn't notice that he was doing anything, but as I'm reading the word and I feel it, I can see where he's been moving in my, in my past. But for those of you who haven't read the Bible front to back, I don't recommend doing it that way. Read the Bible, but there's better ways to do it. Multiple times, I got stumbling over the genealogies with name after name after name that I cannot pronounce, and I almost gave up more than once. And then you think, okay, I finally got through it, and you read a couple more, and then you're back into it. And it's not, it's not the best way to read the Bible straight from front to back. It, um, I did get a lot out of it, but most of it was just surface level. I read through it. It was a book. I just read it from front to back, and that was it. That's all it was. Um, getting through all the, or, yeah. there should be reflection and meditation on this whenever you read the book. So whenever you're reading it, if you're reading it front to back, there's not a whole lot of meditation. There's not a whole lot of reflection on it. You do get some, but most of what you get out of the Bible at that point is just surface level. So you need to have that meditation time. You need to read through pieces of it and then meditate. And that's what they're talking about here whenever they're talking about meditating day and night on the, on the word of or the law. Um. So we should find delight in reading our Bibles. By doing it this way, I was not finding delight a lot of the times, but there is delight in reading our Bibles, the call of God, the feeling of his pull on our lives, the seeing what actually has happened in our past that we didn't even see him working. I mean, you see that delight coming into it. This delight is not found in just looking at the words. It's found in meditation, reflection, and the joy we have in the Holy Spirit. At times, we may have what many call a dry spell. Um, anybody that's been around for a long time, they know that at times dry spells happen. Um, times when the burdens of this world are just overbearing and reading is all you can muster. You don't have time to meditate. You don't have time to reflect. But all you do is just read it and go on with your day. There are times that, that we need to already have relationships built 
with fellow believers so that we can find rest during these times and seek counsel whenever we're not hearing God call through his word at that time and we, we have those relationships already established. Which that brings me to point two. Godly counsel should be loving and grace-filled. So Psalms 1-3 states, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does he prospers. So when others seek our advice or counsel, first thing we need to do is listen. This is something that is difficult at times, as many of us are fix-it. We're just listening to fix the problem. But we need to understand the full issue and then seek God's will. When we listen to fix the problem, we're actually doing a few negative things. First thing we're doing is we're stroking our pride. We're establishing that we could fix the issue if we, just, if we knew what it was by ourselves. I don't, I don't know why they can't. I could fix it. So we're stroking our pride saying, you know, yeah, I'm good enough that I could have done that. Second, we are trying to replace God's word with our own head knowledge. It's what we already know. We're not, we already know how to fix this before they even finish talking. Well, let them finish talking and then know what God's word states about this. Seek God's will on it before you give the advice. Sounds easy enough, but if you ask Lauren, she sees to fix it a lot more often than she sees to listen. Um, listening and speaking the truth and love are necessary characteristics for godly advice. If I look back at the pastor from when Lauren and I got married, Chester did this well. He gave advice that was based upon God's word. He spoke to us like we were able to follow God's will and spoke out of love. He didn't talk down to us. He was not afraid to discuss the issues of divorce, the difficulties that come from combining finances, or the fact that we needed to find a church home where we lived. Lauren and I were not going to ch church at that time and hadn't really discussed religion much at all. We both had a big picture view of God, but nothing personal. Others in our lives had agreed with the belief that all you needed was an overall view. Chester was not afraid to point this out, but in a way that did not push us away. He was speaking through love. Although unbeknownst to me, verse 3 was coming from this interaction. So looking at the end of verse 3, and all that he does, he prospers. This does not mean that the advice will always correct the issue or even make it more comfortable. It does not mean earthly prosperity. This means that they, the council, will seek God's approval over man's. They will speak in love, and even through the difficult situations, they will point everything back to God. This is what Chester was doing. He didn't bash us for being less knowledgeable. He didn't post it on social media about the couple who couldn't find the church home where they lived and traveled down there to get married. He didn't talk bad about us, not having the knowledge. Um, and he didn't even go back to Lauren's grandparents and talk to them about, hey, they don't have a church home that they should be going to where they live now. Why aren't they finding a church back where they live instead of where you live? None of that. He spoke in a way that, to point everything back to God, which in hindsight pointed us to a deeper 
relationship with God. When others are seeking counsel from us as fellow believers, they are not searching for someone to just agree with them. That's not what we're called to do. They are searching for God's will and discernment in the situation. We should focus on this, and through loving our neighbor as ourselves, approach the situation from a place of love. We should ourselves seek God's will before giving head knowledge or passing judgment. We should dedicate prayer time to pray for discernment over the situation or whatever it is that they're bringing to us. The dedicated time to pray over it is whenever we're seeking God's will instead of us trying to just fix it. We want God to fix it. If I try to fix it, it's not going to go that well. It takes God to do a lot of this for us, and it's us to talk to him and have that relationship. So when we respond, we should respond in a way that reflects God's glory, not our own. So point three is Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is our example for how it's supposed to be. He is what we're supposed to strive for. Um, So let's go to Psalms 1, 4 through 6. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. By seeking God's will, and meditating on his word, believers are relying upon Jesus as our wonderful counselor. We, not, we normally don't have the right things to say. We don't know how to help each situation. But we do have Jesus. We do have Jesus to turn to. He is our counselor. He is the way that things happen. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, with the salvation provided by God through his son, Jesus. We all have that wonderful counselor. Isaiah 9, 6 states, For unto us a child is born, to us a son given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is our propitiation so that we may become righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. So with the new year here, we should reflect on where our counsel comes from. Are we seeking godly counsel? Are we seeking earthly counsel? Are we looking for somebody just to agree with us? Have we started to walk with the scoffers or the wicked? Um, This could be something as simple as keeping up with the Joneses. We see that every day in our society. I mean, all the advertisements really push for keeping up with the Joneses. You deserve this. You need this. It could be as easy as that. This could also be us seeking our own counsel apart from God. Not saying that what we did was wrong, and we just seek our own counselor apart from asking God what we're supposed to do. Do we know the people that we will speak 
that will speak the truth in our lives, even if it is not the popular or most desired outcome? Do we have those relationships? Do we know who the individuals are that we will turn to for that advice? Um, having those relationships established before the situations come up, before the dry spells, makes it a lot easier to know who to turn to. You're not going to be seeking somebody that's in the like mind at that point. You, you know who you need to turn to and ask and talk to. So do the people we sit with bring us closer to God or closer to the scoffers? Knowing who to turn to for discernment and vice and not the wicked, the sinners, or the scoffers. If you are looking for the right people to meet with regularly, people that will fellowship with you and seek God's will, I would recommend the discipleship groups here at Blue Valley. Micah has the information on the discipleship groups. <laughs> um, if you're interested, um, reach out to him. Yeah, I'm email him, text him, call him. He's here, so corner him if you need to. <laughs> but these, um, these groups are meant to build disciplines to bring you into a di deeper relationship with Jesus. It also helps you find rest with fellow believers from things of this earth, from those tough times. They're made, by, they're made up of people within the church, um, and they, one of the disciplines that they work on is meditation that we've talked about multiple times here today. Psalms 1 shows us that we must be active in order to not fall into the traps of the wicked. We must be diligent in our walk and seek fellowship with others that also strive to follow God's will. These groups are an active approach to draw closer to God and build the disciplines to assist in that walk that will reflect God's glory. They will bring closer relationship with other believers that are also seeking God's will and discernment in their lives. These relationships should reflect Christ's love for each of us and be a safe place for counsel. So today, whenever I was this, um, trying to figure out what I was going to give a message on, I chose Psalms 1 to follow a devotional plan to read and meditate as you play, pray the Psalms every day. There are many resources out there. Lifeway Church has one that's available if you're interested, or Lifeway bookstore that's now online only. Um, but it's praying through the Psalms. Um, if you're looking for a devotional, it is a great option. Start going through that every day, reading through the Psalms, praying, meditating over them. So with that, um, I'd like to close by praying over Psalms 1 here today. So please pray with me. Lord, help us not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Give us the understanding to not walk with the sinners, nor sit with the scoffers. Lord, let us find joy in your word. Help us set apart time to study your word and prioritize you in our daily activities. Lord, we want to produce the fruit and not be blown away like the chaff. Help us give counsel and love and stay in your will. Lord, it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.